Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to Real Leaders Podcast, the podcast that brings you the story behind the story of some of the most authentic, innovative leaders I know. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, you've heard me say it before, and some of you have actually done it. I'm touched. Please, please go to iTunes and create a rating for this podcast. Even if it's bad, just rate it. Take the extra step. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but you'll figure it out. Today, we are doing something completely unusual. Normally, we have great leaders on. It's a one-on-one interview or a conversation. And today, what we're going to do is we're actually going to do a podcast that is a mentor meeting with the company I'm mentoring in Techstars Boulder. I don't know if that's gonna be interesting at all, but we've already decided it'll either be awesome or it'll suck, and if it sucks, you're probably not listening to it unless we were wrong and didn't know any better. Okay, so the entrepreneurs that are here are Evan Walden and Raul San Narciso. They're co-founders of a company called Monday. And in case you want to follow along on your computer, you can go to joinmonday.com. And we have made no plans. We have no script. They're running the meeting, which is how we always do mentor meetings. And this is actually our first real mentor meeting. So let's see how it goes. Guys, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us. This is fun. It's a good idea. Cool. What should we talk about? (laughs) We were hoping you would tell us. (laughs) As you know, there is no mentor responsibility in forging the agenda. That makes it convenient for you. Totally. Um, Super convenient. We're thinking that it was going to be super cozy one-on-one. It's super cozy. Yeah. I mean, it's cozy here. The setup is pretty good. It feels cozy. Um, Cool. Yeah. We have some ideas. So... Uh, we didn't really get into much detail about the company and yeah. the product and what we're working on. Yeah, we did year. not. And, and plus, none of these people listening have heard anything they about it. So it's a perfect yeah. level set. Let's start there. That's great. So we'll start there. And then... We should say, right, we met in what they call mentor madness at Techstars. Mm-hmm. So we did one 20-minute speed dating meeting, and then we met one more time. And so I've basically known you guys for 40 minutes. Right. Just so that no one who's actually listening to this is that far behind me. Right. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. So go. Tell us about the company. Great. I think the best way to start is just by sharing our vision and our envisioned future, which I think is a good way to ground us in what the company wants to do. And then we'll talk about the product. So the vision is that Monday makes it easy to do work that matters by leveraging the power of social capital. I did just recently ask you to explain this to a nine-year-old. Yeah. So just give me the nine-year-old kid explanation of what that means. Yeah. So most people don't have work they love and we want to make it easy for people to find work they love and explain the use you're making of social capital in that sense yeah so people tend to find jobs through other people that they trust so we want to bring that human element to the way that we match people to jobs okay got it so where are you in the context of building out your company right now yeah so we started the company at the beginning of the summer Um, Our last business was a recruiting agency, and we did that for about four years. Just to remind me what that was called. So the recruiting agency was called Rework. Uh, We actually started the company in Boulder and and then moved it to New York City. And we built a community of about 50,000 people that we were matching to jobs exclusively with nonprofits and social enterprises. Kind of got to the point where as a recruiting agency, we had about five or six new clients a month, and we had 50,000 professionals saying, hey, we want meaning in our work. We're all the jobs. Uh, and so we saw a big opportunity to support those people and finding meaningful work in a bigger way. And that inspired Roel and I to transition out of the company and start Monday. But that's, that may be an intrinsic problem that also affects this business, right? If supply mm-hmm. and demand are out of sync? We saw it more as a business model constraint. So as a recruiting agency, we were mostly offline, working very hands-on with companies, like doing everything from sourcing candidates, all the interviews, final interviews, consulting. So it was, it was much more of an agency model than a technology company. Okay. Yeah. Great. And the framing of the client will be a little bit different too. Like for Rework, it was very focused on nonprofit social enterprise. For Monday, we're taking a bit of a broader approach, which we, we frame as work that matters, but basically saying like work that matters is subjective to you. So we want to help you identify what that means to you and then help you find it as opposed to being, you know, the kingmakers on who's a good company. Fair enough. That's that's more than a bit of a broader approach. That's a substantially broader approach. a substantially approach. broader approach. Yeah. Sure. You still are going to be vetting companies and roles, correct? In a way, yeah. 
the way that we're starting is working through partners that we trust to invite companies onto the platform. So Techstars, for example, is a partner of ours. We've built a technology that goes out to the career pages of all the companies in the Techstars network, brings all of their jobs into one place where it's easy to search and find what those companies are doing and what jobs they have available. Um, so we're working with about 20 partners right now doing that, and that's kind of the first layer of curation for us. The second layer, which is still kind of an open question, is how do we go one level deeper on the mission of the business and what the company is doing? Um, that's an opportunity we can talk about too. Yeah, when, when we talked the first time, you seem to be talking more about mission and values, or maybe mm-hmm. that's what I just leaned we into. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that's, I think, really helpful to discuss for me is you did two weeks, you met whatever, 60 or 70 yeah. mentors. Right. Yep. Great. What changed in the business as a result of that? Yeah. The, so the first week of Techstars was content. The second two weeks were mentor meetings, like mentors, speed dating, and then deep dives. I think about half the mentors were kind of saying, all right, you guys have a product that you made. You should grow it, build a community out, get users. And the other half of the mentors were basically saying, what are you doing here that's really disruptive? It's really different. There's a lot of players in the space of helping people find jobs. What's like earth shattering here that no one else is doing? And we had some ideas around that, but we hadn't spent a ton of time working on that part of the business. So we took that advice over the last two weeks and basically designed a prototype of a, of a new thing from scratch, which we wanted to tell you about. Great. Um, and have been, have been prototyping it and focusing on it. Uh, and now it's interesting because we're at a point where we're facing this polarity of experimentation and growth and managing that against expectations of potential investors as we think about fundraising and ultimately demo day and what we're right. going to present. Well, the timeline for all of this gets kind of almost artificially short with the 13 week program. Sure. So how did it feel for you guys to sort of migrate away from your initial thesis coming in? You were accepted into Techstars. Um, how did it feel to you? One thing that was true for us is that what we were prototyping, we had designed a few months ago, but we didn't have the support and the sandbox of Techstars. So having that support and having that that amount of resources gave us the confidence to go and try it out. It, it was like intuitive for us in a way, but it's kind of crazy. Most people are using technology to match people with companies, like artificial intelligence, etc. But we want to put people at the center of matching people to people. Huh. What I took, Raul, from that comment is that you think that is a material 100 an 80 degree pivot to look from the the candidate out instead of the company down there is a component in what we are doing of making sure that people are aligned with the mission of the companies but there is also that complexity of somebody trying to match with a company and a culture of a company that it's so we are so complex as human beings um, trying to map the a company is very difficult and what we are trying to do is to use people as proxies so that people can connect people to companies and that is something that is not happening right now we are doing some mapping and artificial intelligence behind the scenes so we are using technology to match people to companies but at the same time we are adding a layer of hey connectors of the world can you help us map people to companies too? I mean, this is kind of a dating scenario, which is good because it's my favorite analogy for all <laughs> business. But, you know, this is kind of, I want to set you up on a blind date scenario where person B knows their best friend, person A, really well, and then runs into person C and says, hey, person A, I think you'd really like person C. I know you. I just met him. That You seem like you could be a good fit. Do you imagine in that scenario that... The company and the person who's doing the, I'll use introduction in quotes, right? Mm -hmm. The connection. Does that person need to work at the company? It might be helpful to actually like go through the mechanics. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to draw for you because I think it'll help you understand, but I'll try to like explain it. That's cool. No, I'll take a picture. I'll post this with the the writer. Yeah, cool. Um, Okay. So, so the, the, the backstory, if you remember, we were talking about how 
for partners that we work with, like I mentioned, Techstars, we're going and grabbing all the jobs from the career pages of all the companies in the network. So right now, we have a list of all the companies in Boulder who went through Techstars, and we have all the, like, the full inventory of open jobs. I'm already excited about that, honestly. <laughs> I think that already is great. Cool, yeah. Because so they have a job board, what purports to be a Techstars job board, but I think it's incomplete. It's actually like defunct. Like oh, it doesn't and exist. then it's defunct. Well, it's about to exist. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> We're going to run it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it used to be, well, long story short, yeah. It okay, doesn't, cool. didn't work very well. All right. Um, so they took it down. But um, so that's kind of where we started. And we started onboarding a bunch of different partners and bringing all their jobs in one place. Um, we're doing this for a few VCs, a few other networks like Techstars as an accelerator. Um, there's an organization in town called Camber Outdoors that we're having a conversation with now about potentially helping them. Um, so that's like, was the step one. Uh, so kind of, that's like some context that we'll come back to. Okay, so, great. so the way this works is, um, so you probably get a lot of people who email you, Hey Sue, I am looking for something. I know that you're huge in the community. Where should I go work? Yeah. I know you can't there? see me. I'm five, three in the community and that's it. I'm not <laughs> okay, good. Great. Yes. I get a lot of okay. those inquiries. So if you could think of like the first name of someone recently who emailed you, Justin, Justin, great. Okay. So Justin emails you and says, hey Sue, in transition, looking for my next opportunity, not really sure what to do, do you have any ideas? And at this point, like, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that the way this is gonna work for me is that he's gonna tell me he has a need, I'm not gonna have any idea how to make a connection for him, and then two weeks later, two different things are gonna cross my radar and I'll be able to make the connection. So I have to be patient and let him down in this first conversation. Because it's, it's ad hoc, right? I need to take a walk with someone who says they're really looking for a product manager right mm -hmm. now because you guys don't exist yet. I mean, you do, but when you exist <laughs> right. more, I won't have to do that. <laughs> when you exist more. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So that's, that's what I thought you were going to say. Aw, it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> Damn. That means we're doing something right. Okay. So, so at this point, you're thinking those things. You want to help Justin, but it's hard because you can't keep every single job from every company in your head. So basically say, hey, Justin, uh, let me think about it. Tell me a little bit more about what you want. In the meantime, I work with Monday and they help me make better connections in my network. Use vouch at joinmonday.com and we take it from there. So we respond to Justin and say, hey, Justin, congrats on getting a vouch from Sue. It's a pretty big deal. It's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and we're going to help you get connected to jobs at companies uh, in Sue's network. So, so I can just be a schmuck out in the world and I can email you, like, how are you going to be able to rate my credibility against other schmucks in the world without knowing is, me? Are you, are you the schmuck or is, I'm the schmuck. Okay. Justin's so, awesome. Right. So, yeah. so Merge Lane is one of our current partners. Got it. Um, and so since you are a connector in Merge Lane, Merge Lane decides that you get the power of a vouch Got basically. It. Okay. So you have to be, you have to be a kind of like a named connector in a network that we are already partnered with and maybe over time we'll, we'll open it up. But right now that's, we're kind of keeping it to that. Um, and then we kind of, we have a conversation. The, the network would say, Hey Sue, here's what a vouch, you know, this is like what that looks like. Okay. And kind of decide within the network. Great. So then we're reaching out to Justin. We're inviting him to tell us more about himself. He's creating a really quick profile the region he wants to work in, the job functions he's good at, the industries he's excited about. And then from there, we're matching him to any open jobs at companies within the merge lane network that are hiring someone like him. Um, so we have all those jobs because we've kind of brought them in already since merge lane's a partner. Yep. And then Justin can tell us which companies he's interested in potentially talking to or specific jobs that he wants to potentially apply for or have a conversation about. And then from there, we reach out to a contact at the company. We say, hey, we have this great person, Justin, came through Sue, who you know, because you're part of Merge Line Network. Are you interested in having this conversation? If they say yes, then we make a double opt-in introduction and we BCC you so that you kind of kept in the loop. Uh, and then we kind of like pass it off from there. Okay, cool. So the current layer relies on partners heavily, the current structure, right? Because mm -hmm. you're relying on various partners to be <clears throat> vetting vehicles for sort of quote unquote, good values companies. Mm -hmm. And you're also relying on, you're relying on those partners. Then you're also further relying on people connected to those partners who end up being vouchers, right? right? Uh, that's not a word that way, but sure. people who vouch. Uh, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> huh. And so what's interesting, and, and I think this is fine. That's really an interesting model. I like that a lot. And you're not, you're neither doing a deeper dive 
on the moral compass of Justin, mm-hmm. nor the moral compass of a company that came out of Mer- Techstars or Merge Lane three years ago, right? Right. Correct. You could get there with data. So, yeah. So when it comes to the mission vetting, let's say, yep. um, <clears throat> we're actually, so you know the unreasonable folks, right? Yeah. So we'll just say who they are real quick. Oh, for yeah. People so, the, so the Unreasonable, uh, there's an organization in town called Unreasonable Group, um, and they work with companies that are solving huge problems. They run accelerator programs that basically connect amazing companies to mentorship and corporate partners and help them scale their businesses. Um, and we've been talking a little bit with them because they're thinking about using the UN's sustainable development goals as kind of like a type of metric of how they pick and organize companies in their network. Um, and, and they're basically saying like, how do we get really sophisticated about how we tell, you know, how we talk about companies and what they're working on. And at the same time, we're kind of saying like, how can we get a little bit more rigor and teeth into the way that we're categorizing companies on Monday? So right now what we do is we go to all the networks that we're partnered with and we kind of cherry pick the companies from the network that we feel like align with one of the goals. And if you go to joinmonday.com, you'll be able to see all the companies who we think fit the goals categorized by the goals. So maybe Uh if if a company doesn't actually fit a goal, they might be on like, you know, jobs.mergeling.com where it's like Mergeling's job board, but they just wouldn't show up in a search criteria on join Monday. So we're kind of like pulling in all the companies that we feel like fit the mission. And then Mergeling has the white label experience where all their companies are, are accessible. It. And are you doing, are you bringing in B Corps and benefit corps as well? Sure. Yeah, we will be. I mean, that, that's another great signal. Yeah. Like we're basically saying job seekers want more signals than salary and status in order to find work they care about. B Corp is a signal. Great places to work is a signal. Merge lane is a signal, et cetera. Okay. Um, and so yeah. for great places to work, that quote unquote partnership can be just scraping great places to work. You don't need partnerships in that regard, right? You're just using right. that as another proxy. Right. We don't, but it's great if we have them because then great places to work is engaged. So it's like we could yeah. use merge lane as a way to say, Hey, I'd really love to work for a company that has a female founder because yeah, I'm a right. female and I'd love to know this place is an inclusive place to work. And I think that's a pretty good indicator. Great. You should check out companies that have gone through merge lane. We could just like scrape those companies right from your site. You don't necessarily need to be involved, but if you are, then you're supporting us and sharing that with your companies and it becomes a great way for us to meet the company through the trust that you already have instead of us going around that and reaching out. Because ultimately the goal is to have as many companies as possible registered and verified on Monday so that we can actually make these connections directly. And if the network engages, then you start having some of the network dynamics and validation from the connectors, yeah. which are very valuable because at this moment, companies don't have lots of signals to identify good talent. So you have lots of people applying for jobs, but that's boring, it's not efficient. And if the networking engages and there are connectors vouching for people, then for the companies, it's easier to meet people without necessarily those people applying for the jobs. Okay, so I'm imagining you've done a bunch of research with users on both sides of this equation. When you say in your nine-year-old explanation, connecting people with jobs they love, which omits other, you know, words that are trickier, um, when you say that, are you certain that there's a high correlation between jobs people love and the mission and values, the stated mission and values of these companies? One of the things that we heard a lot at our past company, Rework, I mean, we've talked to like thousands of people about, you know, about work. Uh, And a lot of the conversation was around, I want to align my values with my work. When I'm engaged with the mission of the company, I'm staying around longer. I'm more likely to become a manager. There's a lot of kind of macro statistics about this, but also just when you talk to someone, it's pretty intuitive to think that if you're aligned with the mission of the company, you're going to be more engaged. one of our hypotheses is that if there's so much trust happening and in the network and in the way these connections are being made, then people are going to self-select into these jobs in a way that's better than at at the very least the status quo to say that everybody who gets a job through Monday is going to love it forever is like probably unrealistic people change and you know, people and companies don't know themselves very well to begin with. So that's a, that's its own quest of, of, you know, of, of personal development. But 
but yeah, I mean, to give new indicators around mission that don't exist in the job search market right now, we think that would lead to a higher likelihood of people being satisfied. That makes sense. Let's talk about a giant company. So I think my, my theory is that a company like Microsoft has lots of pockets that are very, very engaged and interesting and dynamic and entrepreneurial. Yeah. And then lots of pockets that aren't. I mean, that's true for any big company. It's mm -hmm. true for small companies. Mm -hmm. So if you just operate at the company level, if that's your theory, how do big companies play into this? Yeah, that's awesome. So we, we see a, a bit of a different set of pain points between small and medium-sized companies and enterprise level companies like Microsoft. And if we're just sticking with the conversation around work that matters, let's say, or signals of doing things within the company that are specific to some kind of mission orientation that's more specific than the broad one of the enterprise, for small companies, the problem is being discovered. So I'm doing something amazing. There's someone out there who really wants to work for me, but I don't have the kind of budget that it would take to get out in front of them. Our brand's not big enough talent brand is, is kind of the way yeah. this is noted in the industry at the enterprise level it's more about storytelling and then like bringing people through the system so they get thousands and thousands of applicants to their jobs mm -hmm. and it's really hard for the hr manager and the hr team to accurately take the people coming through that funnel and match them to the hiring managers of each of these different pockets of the organization so if microsoft hires let's say thousands of engineers a year maybe they have that profile pretty dialed but if a team is working on inclusivity within the organization or, you know, the project where they're doing like open internet in Kenya or something like that, like that's a different profile of individual and it becomes a lot harder for them to, to map to that just because they don't have the pattern recognition of that type of candidate. So what we're thinking for enterprise is giving them a platform to tell the unique stories of the types of projects they're working on. And maybe instead of Microsoft being the thing on the platform, it's the specific team within Microsoft, and it's a bit more of a broad experience than one company would have as a profile. And, it, and all the same things still apply at the divisional <laughs> level or at the team level, right? The social capital contribution still makes sense for people who <clears throat> want to tell somebody about a project team that's hiring within Microsoft. Totally. And what we hear from people running these teams is that they tend to do the recruiting themselves. So they're actually like going okay. through their personal networks <laughs> yeah, right. to drive candidates. Of course. Yeah. And it's like, well, hey, we have an opening. We need people. And I think we have a way to support the, the HR team in saying we have the type of candidates that your hiring manager is looking for. Right now, you're having a really hard time filling this job rec. And there's some tension there, which we know there's a lot of tension in a lot of cases between HR and hiring managers. Um, so, you know, in a way we can make the HR person look like a hero by delivering candidates that are really a fit with these teams that are hard to recruit for. One thing that strikes me is that because, I don't know, I think I was, I, I was, I'm, I'm like the 180,000th LinkedIn member. So, you know, that's a really long time ago. And as a result, awesome. my data set is terrible. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's actually incredible because at, at one level it's incredible because all the really, really talented people, you know, you know, 15, 18 years later are now CEOs of companies. So, mm -hmm. so in that sense, it's super cool. But that data set has almost gotten so big and so unintelligent as a function mm. of size that it's basically useless. Mm. And so I just wonder if you've thought about the tension between being an intimate project that really can leverage social capital and what happens when you scale, whether that intimacy and the referral quality and all of that stuff can remain as you scale. Yeah. I think we're all, we're all prizes and thoughts on that. I mean, for, for me, I just think about incentives aligning incentives in the right way. Like for example, we've seen some companies try to do this where they say every company has hiring bonuses. So let's just democratize the hiring bonus. And if you hire someone at Google, you get 3000 bucks, like awesome. Right. And that sounds pretty intuitive. Like that would work. But the thing is like, that's not the, the motivation for people who are making right. connections to get paid. Right. Especially folks like you, I'd imagine like, yeah, 3,000 bucks, yeah. you know, with the odds, well, it's more not, about social capital. Let's not knock $3,000, but well, money's no, great. but no, money's it has great, nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. It wouldn't change my behavior at all. Right. And, and even like thinking of LinkedIn, I mean, they're, they've almost created like a, like an anti-networking effect for their highest quality people on the platform, because those are the people That's who true. get spammed the most within mail. Yeah. So their model is like, we sell your information so that recruiters can contact you when you're not in their network. 
which is like a great way to build a business, especially in the traditional economy, the way that professionals have been working. But I think these days, to your point, you're not using that platform as much because it's become noisy. I have another thing that's been a real bee in my bonnet (laughs) around this topic, which is when people, you know, once LinkedIn proliferated in the way it has, vouching got really screwed up. What ended up happening is like one guy, the VP of operations, this is real, the VP of operations met a friend at a bar and then that friend had a person who wasn't at the bar and my and the VP of operations at my company then vouches for the person he's never met. I've always thought that if you could just build an algorithm that would let me say, number one, I've met this person in person or I haven't. I have worked with this person or I haven't. The person who has worked with this person or knows this person intimately is, if, if my inner circle, if my is, is on the distinct inner circle, right, as opposed to my fourth circle out, like if I could actually give you a weight of my vouch, that would help everyone so much. When I do referrals, I'm very specific about that, but it's super clunky for me to write that email with all this subjective information. So are you going to figure that out? (laughs) It's awesome. I'm wondering, how do you make vouchers in LinkedIn right now? Oh, I answer. Yeah. I mean, if I'm making a voucher in LinkedIn, that's a sucky one, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm doing that, that that is not good, right? That means I'm reaching out to someone whose email address, I guess, I guess I could get it, you know, their hotmail from LinkedIn, but that's lame. You know, you guys are doing this, you're, you're raising money and you're making introductions. So I'm very conscious about telling people how attenuated my value is in an introduction. So if I've got nothing else, you know, I'll throw something over the transom and message somebody on LinkedIn and hope like four months from now they might look at that message. Mm-hmm. But that's super, super low grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So normally I realize that somebody now works at Hyatt that mm-hmm. I didn't know worked at Hyatt. Mm-hmm. I've connected with them nine years ago and the person I'm trying to introduce in Chicago to Hyatt Corporation is somebody I know and I can actually email this person and they will remember me. Mm-hmm. I don't do much of the other stuff because it's kind of wasteful. I mean, to me, that's, that's, the, that's the edge for you guys is you want to get big, but your scale, I mean, as always, I should say this, in every mentor meeting, there's no, no thought that I have that you guys haven't already thought of, but it does feel like an edge that the bigger you get, you just have to really mind quality. I mean, honestly, in the same way that the bigger a company gets, they really have to mind mission. Yeah. In order to visualize it, for me, helps to see circles within circles. Yeah. And putting the first circle as the connector. So a connector that wants to vouch for somebody has two options. One, somebody comes that the, the connector doesn't know. He can send them to the network and see these are the jobs that you can see. And Before they no vouch. That's just no here. vouch. Yeah, got it. But if somebody that you really trust, that you think is a great professional, comes to you and you would be willing to almost like give some social capital away, then you would vouch at that point. And when a company comes, like you know that in our network, in your network that is uh, managed through us, um, if you do that, then at one point a company is going to see that vouch and is going to come back to you and say, hey, I like that person. You vouch for them. and if they actually hire them, but that person is not that good, then it might not be the best for for your social capital. So then you are going to make sure that the people that you vouch for are people that you believe in and you would be willing to give some social capital. Also, we want to make a distinction and that, that is going to happen through like using it, but some people might go to you that you think that they are great they might not be great for all companies. So at the moment of an introduction between a company and that person that you vouch for, you have the option to say, yes, I vouch for that person, but I think that in your case, it's actually not a fit because ABC. Okay, well, doesn't, so just a couple thoughts. 
Number one, in order for this engine to grow and be successful over time, you have to measure the ongoing social capital of yep. the vouchers and also the ongoing social capital of the company that actually they're doing yep. what they say they're doing, which can Hold come on. from feedback inside your engine and feedback lots of other places. The, the other thought is, I don't know if I'm right about this, but to me, and I, I don't want to overcomplicate UX as I mean, you know, whatever prototype you're building, a yes, no, green light, red light is fine. But... But I really like the idea of these things being on continua, two continuums. I think that's the right plural. So how strong my vouch is and also how strong my impression of fit is would be extremely helpful if I could just dial those up. You know, if I could just like this person is a five star, it could just be like Lyft. I'm trying not to make Mm -hmm. comparisons to Uber anymore, but yeah, it would just (laughs) be like Lyft. And then the other thing that can be super helpful is, I mean, you don't want like was it called blackballing in a fraternity or sorority? You probably do want the ability to have somebody not not have a lot of social capital who's coming into your system, and other people might have different views of that person. That's probably down the road, and it's a really negative thought, which I hate. But but I do think this this scale yeah. instead of just black and white would be super helpful. Yeah, totally. Another comment to your point of scaling, and to build on what Raul said we see this as like two different layers. So if you if you don't want to vouch for someone, you can send them to the Mergerling job board. They can right. see the jobs, they can sign up for yeah, job yeah, alerts, they that. can apply to job. Like, so there's there's a way to scale the business that way too. Yeah. And then there's the second tier of people who have been vouched for who are kind of like the, the back channel, you know, where you can feel confident that the people you meet through this channel are, are probably gonna be X times better than anyone you meet through any other channel. And the weights of vouching and the fit quality is an awesome add-on that would be able to go deeper, especially if you're willing to take the time. But even just on its face, we're talking about a huge improvement on the average candidate that somebody sees. Another thought that I have is that there are some people, and I, I don't think it's about me as the voucher, right? I vouch a lot, so but I'm super careful about it. I mean, I, I, if, I don't do scales. Like somebody's either a five or a one, and the one I don't vouch for. So because that kind of keeps my social capital up, right? That's important to me. Yeah. But there are some people who have a very high regard for vouching mm-hmm. and other people who don't. Mm-hmm. And right i mean so there are some people who for whom and it's again it's not me it could be anyone it could be barack obama would vouch for somebody they just may not treat that as a significant thing whereas other people think well yeah i mean i don't care this guy's never done you know product development in the transportation sector but sue says he's amazing in the publishing sector and product and sue says he's extraordinary and that's enough reason for me to meet him Mm -hmm. is that true that some people care more than others about this yeah, I think some people understand it better. I think someone who's a connector or who would, who makes these connections often has really high emotional intelligence, sees that as a way they add value in the world, probably has a better intuition than somebody who doesn't do that often. But we've been thinking about this in terms of accountability. So if you have like personal accountability between you and the company, network accountability between you and the network, and then kind of macro accountability for Monday. There's a couple different channels that we can give you feedback and say, hey, Sue, you should just know that the last three vouchers you made ended up not being a fit for whatever reason. And you're getting some like one star feedback on the people who are double opting in and having conversations with your vouchers. Here's some things that you can do to regulate that for yourself a little bit, because like, by the way, the network saw that too. And maybe you get your vouch power taken away. I I don't know, but we're thinking about how can we build in some just slight nudges and, and making people better at making connections yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. Cause some people are like, well, I have a great network, but I don't really know. But do, know you are, you are depending on the notion that hiring people, people who hire hiring officials, that's fine. We'll care about this. Cause totally. over time you're going to oh, build yeah. a story and more people and more people Absolutely. will care about it. Okay. We talked about this a little bit, but you alluded to building yeah. out this new prototype sort of where are yeah. things right now? Yeah. So the beginning of last week, at the, at the two weeks ago, we decided we we're going to spend two weeks doing experiments. We're like, we're just going to stop growth and experiment, 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 uh, really in pursuit of this idea of like, what does disruption look like for our business? Um, so we designed this idea of vouch with the help of a bunch of the mentors and awesome people in tech. Techstars has been amazing, by the way. That's I mean, great. You know, you know that, but um, yeah, we've had a great experience. So they helped us a lot. Um, we started pushing out just like a total manual 
prototype to people and basically just said, hey, CC voucher join Monday and Monday will follow up. <laughs> and we built a little bit of process on the, you know, from a technology standpoint, but a lot of it's been outreach. The first week we got eight connectors that we invited to, to be able to give vouchers in networks that we already onboarded with. Most of them were from Techstars. Cool. Um, we had six people make vouchers. We had eight folks who were vouched for um, kind of by the end of that week and into the beginning of this week. So this week, we at the beginning of the week, we've kind of onboarded a handful more connectors. They're vouching for more people. So I think we have about 12 people now who have been vouched for-ish. Cool. Um, and then of those people, there's kind of another funnel of like, do they click? Do they sign up? Do they fill out a profile? Do they like a company? Um, so we've had a handful of those folks who have gone through the whole funnel and actually signal interest. Uh, and then we were about to just make connections to those people, to companies. And then we're like, what if they actually didn't get it? <laughs> and we just start reaching out to all these companies on their behalf. So we reached out to some of those folks and we're like, Hey, you like these companies. Can you just confirm that you're interested in, in this? And a few of them were kind of like, Oh yeah. I was just kind of like kicking the tires here. Like okay. we're, we didn't really know that this was happening. Yeah. Um, so we're like, all right, let's like pause on that. Um, which I think is just like a UX question that we've been talking to some mentors about of how do we make it clear when you're liking a company? How do we make it clear when you are signaling that you might want to get an introduction to a company? What's different about that Great. in the app? Um, and then actually today I reached out to the first hiring manager at an organization that someone who had been vouched for liked and said, Hey, this person came through Ryan Martins who's one of our mentors. Yeah. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Um, so he vouched for someone and we reached out and basically said, are you open to an intro? So we'll see what happens. But cool. yeah, so our goal by the end of this week was to make three introductions, which was pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty, uh, ambitious. Uh, so we'll probably not meet that goal, but we're learning a lot of okay. stuff. Yeah. That is the second funnel that we have. The first one is people that have not been vouched for. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of running this in parallel too. Right. And the people that have not been vouched for at this moment can join join Monday and discover companies that they would love to work for and what they are getting is updates every week about new positions that might feel, fit their preferences and in that way although they don't have the vouchers yet they can be aware of what is out there um, like almost having this new concept of following a company not just like looking searching for a job opportunities making sure that the companies that you are following are aligned with your values. And then at one point they might open a position that is good for you and right. you can reach out for them. Cool. And monetization, what's your current thinking on that? So one of the interesting things we think is, is a true dynamic is that if we try to put a money block between you and the person that you want to make the intro to, that's kind of annoying yeah. on a lot of different fronts. So the idea we have right now, there's, there's a couple different ideas, but the thing that we're probably going to test first, well, actually I should say like, baseline we're charging network partners two thousand dollars to onboard and then kind of like a monthly fee to maintain the system yeah. um but that, that we don't think that's the big opportunity but having them pay a little bit kind of helps them buy in and you know yeah um, helps sense. us kind of cover our costs on building out the the board um so on the employer side we're thinking that if you make a if, if you're a hiring manager at a company and you get an introduction request from someone from the network you're a part of. So I'm a merge lane company. Sue vouches for Justin and Justin wants to meet me. That's free. So I can say, yes, great. I hire him. Great. Totally free. Uh, if I want to market my opportunities in other networks for with other connectors, right. then I can pay to do that. Got it. So if I want to say like, wow, I'm a merge lane company and like Sue's great. I'm getting some good leads, but Brad Feld from Foundry Group is pretty awesome. And I've heard the Techstars network is great too. And Canberra Outdoors has a lot of women in the outdoor industry looking to get into tech and we're an outdoors company. It'd be great to get in front of all the talent that's being vouched from all of their connectors got too. It, got it, great. So I can pay basically a subscription to get my jobs marketed around to the groups that we're targeting. Okay. Do you feel good about familiarization here for this first meeting? Yeah. I feel much more excited about this than the first pitch I heard, way mm, more. Great. And this That's feels really executable, right? Because using these people as proxies, mm -hmm. you don't have to know everything about the company. So it's mm -hmm. a huge help. Yeah. All right. What else you want to talk Yeah, great. So in the last meeting, we basically said, okay, Sue, we have a lot of different functional mentors who are present in the Techstars group. 
and we've had a lot of different conversations and all these speed dating things and everybody just jumps into the details of the business. And for our time with you, it was, so there was some, some mentors came in, in pairs, but you were going by yourself. And the That's first, so I can talk about masculine and feminine. Yeah. That's we, actually, we know. That was yeah. a specific request. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. Yeah. And I mean, the first five minutes of our conversation were about interpersonal dynamics. We put the Enneagram numbers on the board for you. We knew that most people probably even know what Enneagram meant. You saw that immediately because you're super observant. And we basically talked about that dynamic for the first 10 minutes. So in our second meeting, we basically said, we don't really have any mentors here who have the, the, the level of understanding and practice you have around presence and conscious leadership and facilitating us as co-founders about how we can bring out our best selves and help each other bring out the other's best self. Because we, I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, we see that as the highest leverage thing we could be working on. We talk about the details of the business, monetization strategy, fundraising, but if we're not good, this whole thing's going to go to shit. Yeah. So that led us to a conversation about masculine and feminine energy. And you made the observation that we both are showing up with relatively balanced, but leaning toward more of a feminine energy and the business and the brand is already kind of like steeped in valuable feminine energy, if not even a bit of a stigma, like in, in too much of the direction. Yeah. So, the, so just to <clears throat> interpret that yeah. for other people who don't pay attention to this, as we all know, the masculine and feminine energy is not about gender. The dichotomy basically is that uh, masculine <laughs> is on purpose, super direct, very linear. The feminine is a little more amorphous, a little more soft, for lack of a better word, um, and a little more variable and perceive more in perception than direct pursuit of purpose. Just so we have context in that. If I said, which I'm, I did, that your business has some feminine elements, what I meant is, you know, focusing on values in and of itself, which is an amazing feminine value. It's not that masculine doesn't care about values, but it's more about achievement and getting to this end goal, which frequently might view in some ways values as a distraction. Yeah. So your encouragement was find mentors who you feel like are bringing masculine energy to encourage your masculine side to show up. Your masculine side. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to be sure they know who we're talking about. Oh yeah. My oh, masculine right. yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. worried about yeah, that. Yeah. You're going to say like, okay. you know, there's, there's a, there's a very low likelihood that you two, that, that Raul and I are going to over index on feminine energy. Yep. So try to find some on masculine energy. who can, yeah. who can bring you more toward the masculine yep. or at least just yep. like make that present. Yep. Yeah. So I think, I think it was just interesting for us to talk about that because we've, we've picked a handful of mentors we feel like we have a pretty good balance and I was kind of interested in how you think we could push into that space, whether it's direct or even indirect with mentors to make sure that we're being balanced Yeah. and what are some leading indicators that we're out of balance that we might be able to notice before we're like out of balance and yeah. be like, okay, we know that when this thing happens, it's time to schedule a meeting with this person. Great. Do you have, what else do you have to add, Raul? Yeah, I was. I would add that I think there is a piece here of how we show up, and also like perception is important. I think, for example, what you were saying about the business in in the feminine side of it, um, that is clear with values, etc. There is also a masculine side of directedness of I want to help more women be in places of leadership. Yeah. And that is a strong mission. That is very direct. I want to help the world have clean water. That is very direct. I think that the business is balanced. And I think that in to me it's very interesting what you see because you have lots of experience in this and how you can help us see some blind spots that we don't see because if we see that, then we may be able to balance out our energy so that other people can see both sides of Monday. That's so great. Thank you. And also, I mean, it's worth noting that we're running the risk of really, really understating the complexity of this analysis. Right. So I just want to totally. be mindful of that. Yep. Um, and I totally agree that you're, those yeah. two directions you just pointed to have tons of masculine in them. And, and I would say like, this is like a heuristic for making it easier to talk about behavior. And yeah. so... It's a great point. We could even just focus on the behavior and, yeah. and right. kind of skip. Cause I think the, like, 
I mean, we, we have this common language among ourselves and like you clearly brought it into the meeting last time and it was clear that we all kind of knew what we were talking about, but there's a lot of like odd triggering effects when you start talking about masculine feminine energy with people who are, who were framed up on it in a specific way or who have never actually talked about it as anything other than gender. Right. right, Yeah. 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 And even the sources, at least that I've heard or read about are pseudoscientific at best. Totally. Right. I mean, we're all, this is all just like perception. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. That's how I think about it. Yeah. So in your previous company, I don't even want to talk about whether it reached your goals because your goals may have been discounted for various reasons that you guys have in your own systems. Take your highest vision and then take the people around you who had visions that were even bigger than you did because yeah. maybe yours were discounted for some of the reasons we're talking now. Yeah. A score of 10 is that a 10 is like we really, really went to the mat as far as we could and then we decided to do this other thing. And a one is, eh, we kind of had a modest impression of what was possible and we didn't attack it as hard as we could have. Oh, if this is about attacking hard, it's a 10, no question. Okay. Yeah. And how successful were you in reaping the rewards of this intense attack? Four. And what's your best guess as to the reason you were... At, and I don't want to talk about the, that business model. Yeah. I want to talk about... The what is still th- running, by the way. I mean, no, I know that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. So I want, yeah. I want to talk about things that are inherent in you, each of yeah, you maybe, totally. and as a partnership totally. that may have contributed to that four. Yeah. I mean, I guess speaking for myself, I think we tried a lot of things and we got really excited about a lot of things. And I think there were moments where we spread ourselves too thin. And ultimately, like, I think what's interesting about what's happening now is that the business became a really awesome recruiting business, but we had all these other ideas that didn't even necessarily fit what was working in the Mm -hmm. company. And that was part of the reason for the split was like, I mean, Abe was one of our, one of the first co-founders of rework is like, I want to run a badass recruiting business. It's like, great. And he's like, they're, and they're, they're doing that. Yeah. Um, so I think a little bit of it was like chasing the shiny object in a way, or at least not knowing how to accomplish the big goal that we had probably also some degrees of blind spots around leadership and just it being our first company and taking directions from different folks wanting to always have the right answers and do the right things. And at least speaking for myself, needing the external validation versus like finding the self-authored narrative of vision and execution that I believed in that was coming from me intrinsically and then coming out. That's great. That's a great catch. Roel, do you have anything to add to that? I absolutely agree with Evan that we gave it all. I would give a 10 in terms of that too. In terms of what we accomplished, I would say a three in because we have this vision, like speaking for myself, I get very motivated when I see systems change. And if I see that there are a million people that are already, like there is a way to measure how people are loving their jobs, and I see that that is a number that is huge, a million people, then I'm ecstatic. I'm so motivated about that. And rework is more personable. It's like one-to-one. Like we were working with about, I don't know how many uh, people we place in a month, but 10 to 30, a small number. And that is that is great, but I want, I want more. You want to operate at the system level. Right. right. It's yeah. yeah. It's cool. a different level. It's like, yeah, it's like the, it's like the teacher versus creating education policy. It's just a different way of thinking about impact. You know, it's so funny. It's such a funny edge. And I love what you said. I mean, you're, the, the irony, right, is you're in a highly meant, you are in a mentor driven accelerator. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. the best accelerator yeah. in the world, <laughs> it is built around this idea that you will get advice. Mm-hmm. I'll put Merge Lane up there too, but we're pretty early still, but you will get advice and it's super in the mentor manifesto, really clear mm-hmm. that all the decisions are up to you. The advice is, you know, one person's advice and you'll, mm-hmm. you'll funnel this all. And I guess the thing that you said is one of the things that contributed to my observation, which is overly deferential. Mm-hmm. And if that is a symptom of seeking validation from the outside, as in every human quality, there are really nice features of that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing investor meetings and you want to come across as 
uh, amiable and a great listener Mm -hmm. and somebody who takes feedback well, somebody who's coachable, right? Those things in all kinds of relationships are incredibly great. That's the high side, right? The low side is that investor or that customer Mm -hmm. also wants to feel the steel of your intention. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, the intention at least as would be regarded in the industry you guys picked and the accelerator you're in, is to create a really large system-driven VC investable company. And so you guys need to decide where the line goes for deference and the need or want for external validation. I remember feeling really confused, even like over the summer and into the fall before I really like, Actually, I think Natty, who's the managing director at, at Techstars, Raul and I had this crazy experience where at Mentor Madness, the first day I was kind of like running the meetings. We were like not pitching, but like wanting people to like us, yeah. like performing. Yeah. And felt like everyone who walked out was excited about us. And I was like, Raul, this is going great, dude. We're like totally crushing it. He was like, we're not learning anything. Like uh-huh. people like us, but we're not learning anything. Like we're, this isn't really evolving our, what we think about the business. I was like, Oh, all right. And so the second day Raul was like, Hey, let's try something different. Let's just like be super vulnerable in these meetings and see what happens. And I was like, uh, like, okay, fine, let's try it. And so we tried that for the first half of the meetings. And I wish I could remember where you were at. Although you, you were on a different plane because it was, no, I think it was day two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was like, let's just be really vulnerable. I was like, okay, fine. And halfway through the day, I was like freaking out. I was like, dude, like we're bombing. Everybody hates us. It's not working. And he's like super high energy. Like this is amazing. Like we're learning so much. Because like for Raul, it's that Raul is so driven by the the internal compass that it's like I could get punched in the face and fall on my ass. And if I learned, that's a, that's a huge win. Huh. And for me, I'm like, well, as long as somebody walks out of the room liking me and feeling like everything's good, like great. If I didn't learn anything, it's like, Oh, maybe I'll learn something later. You know, uh, I can get them up later. And so kind of freaked out, went into Natty's office during a break. And we were just like, dude, like I was like, we're bombing out. I don't know how this is going. He was like, Oh, you just are really motivated by external motivation. And I was like, what? <laughs> like just like cut through it so fast. That's great. And I kind of freaked out and we ended up going back to the original mode that, that for the second half of the second day. And, th- and that night, Raul facilitated me through a four and a half hour debrief of the day and what happened and kind of mapped this polarity for me and basically arrived at the idea that when I feel fear of being judged and being vulnerable, I reach for connection. And that was a huge blind spot that I just didn't see. And then the third day of mentor madness, we integrated the two and both felt high energy and it was great. That was one moment in which there was so much tension happening because of outside factors that we hadn't been at that forced us to go deep and understand each other better. And I love, love, love those kind of situations because it helps you go deep, 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 deep and understand something that you hadn't seen. And once you become aware of what you were not before, it's just such a ball of energy um, that can help you in other situations and I'm so grateful for those moments. How are you gonna hold Evan accountable on this issue? I think a lot comes to knowing how to communicate with each other and Evan is somebody that is a communicator with capital C. I'm intuitive, I operate a lot with my gut but I go to Evan very often and ask for help in order to communicate something So the way that I'm approaching this new way of communication is when I see something that doesn't click within my system, then I go with to Evan and I'm like, there's something wrong here. We need to talk about this. And we are doing a every week hard conversation walk on Sundays where we just talk about things that are hard to talk about. And there, even if I have something that I don't know how to communicate yet, I know that there is something important we need to communicate. So I'm like, hey, Evan, let's talk about this. And we start exploring about something that might be very abstract at the beginning. But then after half an hour, we start going very deep and we both feel energized. And that is 
the energy is becoming a great north star huh. for both of us is if we feel energized then we are going in the right direction if we are not then we need to talk about something <laughs> Evan, what's the blind spot that you've discovered in raul yeah that's a great question i think that one of the things we've we've talked about in that area is that because raul is able to be so independent and self-driven sometimes the ideas or the work happens outside of like the context of other things that are happening so for example we're starting to talk about fundraising and like it or not there's a little bit of external validation that just needs to happen like people who we well, don't I, know i are hope it give us i hope money. it does <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> now you're in yeah. trouble. <laughs> right so it's like people that we don't really know who aren't a part of the system have to decide that they trust us and we can do a great job and that's a polarity too because to your point earlier like they want to see that you said the feel the steel of your intention what a great sentence i don't know if you ever said that before but (laughs) it should be like on your business card feel the steel of my intention yeah like that's a feeling that comes from recognizing someone's alignment with their own north star and and an unshakability in that and there has to be a recognition of the external factors that just need to be true in order for a deal to get done and so i think a lot of conversations we've been talking about is how do we balance that and try to get some actual validation on what external needs to be in play and what internal needs to be driving the core of the business I don't know if I would call so, it a blind spot. So you anymore, actually want to bring him like, back to the awareness that external validation is going to come in handy sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's also, it's funny. Cause I think like you actually pointed out, I was kind of like, Oh man, like I just want people to like me. Like, that's kind of a bummer. Like I wish I, you know, I wish I didn't have that quality. And Raul was like, well, that's probably one of the things that makes you really good at communicating and being empathetic and holding space for people and understanding yeah, Sure, because it's, you know, you're conscious of it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, thanks, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think that's also something that we've been talking about is like how to, how to find roles, blind spots. And I, one of the things I've admired that you've done recently is just straight up said to people, like the whole group at Techstar is like, hey, I'm, I'm searching for my blind spot. Mm-hmm. If you see an opportunity where you think I'm missing something, call it out. Tell me directly I'm open to this feedback. And that's, I think that's really cool because... I mean, even just putting that out into the world, like you're more likely to find it, you know. Which Randy Graham type again, Roll? That's actually something that I need help with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I've taken it three times and every time it was a different one. And I'm trying to understand it better. I think it's a lot about what is your main fear. Like, for example, I've taken it and I, I was like an eight, a three, and a seven different times and something that resonates with me it's the fear of the eight of losing control is something that scares me to hell Uh is i'm so scared of that but at the same time i don't have the anger that comes when you don't have that control and with the three it's i want achievement but i try not to seek it too much like be internally motivated with the seven I, I, I don't like to be bored, but yeah. I can be. So I actually don't know. A All friend right. says that I could be a nine. We'll, um, keep, we'll keep that as an open conversation. Have, yeah. How about you, Evan? What's your type? Uh, it seems like a pretty clear seven, <laughs> if not potentially a nine. But I think I resonate more with the seven. <laughs> okay. We'll talk more about this. Here, here's what I think. So one thing that I think would be great is if you, you, Evan, can get a little bit uncomfortable, not just with the idea of how am I more vulnerable and that makes me uncomfortable, but like, huh, I wonder maybe if I piss that guy off and Mm -hmm. just play a little bit with that edge, Mm -hmm. not going the other way into vulnerability. I I just don't read it as you guys having any issue with that. Um, Although it sounds like a really nice pivot that you did. So that's the vulnerability thing. It's like, it's vulnerable for me to piss somebody off because it's vulnerable for someone not to like me. Got it. Got it. But you might behave a little bit differently um, from vulnerability than from sort of certainty or conviction or yeah, knowing where your North star is, Mm -hmm. for example, in the face of someone who thinks you're looking at the South star. Right. So I just might play with that. (laughs) I get that you, I get that you're 
making the thread to vulnerability there, but it's a, it feels different to me. So I would play with that. And Raul, I'm not sure what we're going to play with with you, but we'll find something. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll find something. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna call it. We're gonna call this mentor meeting a wrap because it's gone on a really long time, which has been really fun. So thanks for joining us on Real Leaders again. And thanks to our guests, Evan and Raul, the co-founders of Monday. If you're looking for Monday and you should be looking for Monday, especially if you are a kick-ass connector who wants to connect your most awesome people with jobs they love, visit them at joinmonday.com. They're still holding this together right now with duct tape and a little bit of string, but any minute now it's going to break out to be a system and you'll be one of the first people to help them shape that vision. As always, Real Leaders is brought to you by MergeLane, the accelerator and investment fund for startups with at least one female in leadership. Real Leaders also is sponsored by CBRE and their technology and media practice group. You can learn more about them and how their market intelligence is serving some of the greatest global companies at CBRE.com. Thanks for being with us this time. We'll see you around next time. I don't know if we'll ever do another mentor meeting with Evan and Raul, but you know, we might. Hey, if you have any comments, feedback, questions, if you think I'm a terrible mentor, please email me after you've rated this podcast at sue at tellsue.com. I promise I will reply as long as it's not a stupid junkie email. See you guys next time.